Welcome to Regarding Transatlantic, a podcast brought to you by 1014 in New York City. In this podcast series, we want to learn more about the connections between America and Europe today. We will hear the personal experiences of people from both sides of the Atlantic. How has this relationship changed and what does that mean for our common future in a globalized world? In this episode, I talked to artists and cultural practitioners from the US and Europe, and I wondered how the transatlantic experience has shaped their lives and work. One of them is Thomas, an opera singer from Vienna, currently based in Hamburg, Germany, who regularly performs in New York. I also met Judith, a producer who has worked in the film industry both in the US and Germany. I also talked to Anton, a freelance artist from Ukraine who did a residency in New York, and also to Michelle, a painter who is a real Berliner with a US passport. I'm Thomas Ebenstein. I'm an opera singer. I'm a tenor. My name is Judith. I studied psychology and philosophy and then started working for big American film productions in Berlin. Hey everyone, my name is Anton, Anton Katz. I've been a freelance artist and that's my main occupation. My name is Michelle Jerski. I was born in Berlin. My parents are both American. Yeah, I'm a Berliner with an American passport. Then I asked them what had motivated them to work in a different culture and how this transatlantic experience began for them. I did uh, Thomas Edda's opera in Vienna. This was a co-production with the Metropolitan Opera. And so the guys from the Met heard me there in 15 or 16. I sang the very first time in the US. The whole Vienna State Opera was there with the Vienna Philharmonic Orchestra. The American producer liked me so much that he hired me on the spot as his assistant. And so I spent nine months on this project, traveled to L.A. and Tahiti and all over the world to help produce that film. It was amazing. I've been in U.S. professionally twice, Pop-Up Minneapolis, and I have founded a kind of a collaboration between jazz musicians or improvisation musicians and radio amateurs. I was very fortunate to be invited to take part in the ICP residency, it's International Student Curatorial Program in Brooklyn, New York, and became a part of the exchange program that is funded by the Senate Department of Culture in Europe in Berlin, that has allowed me to go on to live in New York and to work in New York for half a year. I did an exchange semester in New York at Cooper Union with the painter Amy Silman. She was one of my painting teachers at Cooper Union, and we went to go see shows together as a class. We went to her house and had beer and pizza and talked about the shows we saw. It was a really good dialogue, and it had a really good energy. I also wanted to know a little bit more about their work abroad and a key moment that characterized that period for them. I have sung in the Carnegie Hall in New York or most recently at the Metropolitan Opera. They hire people uh, so that the mother tongue is German. That's why they are hired for German operas. In general, artist programs in the US are very, very high level. And I attended some master classes at the Juilliard School in New York uh, during my stay there. And I was really impressed by the high level of students and also uh, from the professors. And when we came back from Tahiti and landed in L.A. and then suddenly the forecast said, there's going to be another big wave. We need to go back. He said, Judith, you go for me. You go. You're my eyes and ears. You see that this goes well together with the line producer. And that was like a... That was like being knighted. 
I was like, yeah, you know, I'm in Europe now, so let's go out and like meet some Europeans, you know, <laughs> like speak with them about culture. You know, I'm a very privileged immigrant in that sense. You know, I didn't walk through minefields. I didn't go in container ships, you know. I had it relatively easy with all the papers and everything. And even though, we, even when we entered the asylum, you know, there was like kind of uh, an eye-opening moment of, you know, not everything is as tasty and nice looking as one imagines. And it was also very formative. It's not like that you experience suffering, you know, you suffer, you're experiencing, you know. And then I met Dana Schutz, um, also a really fantastic painter. We met at an opening and then we started talking, oh, you're from Berlin? Oh, and then we just, she invited me to her dinner with her friends and then we went to a friend's of hers house. It was like a really nice apartment overlooking the city and we talked about colors. What's a typical color for Berlin? And she asked me and I said, what's, what's a typical color of, for New York? And it was just nice to finally be amongst painters also because I had studied with Tony Craig, a sculptor which was, of course, a wonderful experience, but when I was in New York, I was finally amongst painters. All four of them grew up and lived in different countries, and I was wondering how these different cultural influences had shaped their lives. I grew up in Austria, near the Italian-Slovenian border, and I studied opera singing in Vienna. Since 2003, I've been living in Germany, first in Berlin and now in Hamburg uh, since a couple of years. One of my more important houses here in Europe was the Komische Oper in Berlin, where I was a resident singer, a member of the ensemble, and now I have a similar contract with the Vienna State Opera. I grew up in Switzerland and in America. As a child, I lived in Boston, and I think it's my favorite childhood memory of all time. It was the 70s. I had a big wheel. All my friends had TVs in their bedrooms. I lived through the big blizzard of 1978, and it was just an all-over very happy time. I loved America. I'm from South Ukraine. It's a city called Kherson. From Germany, it would be called Eastern Europe. I'm from, you say, Eurasia, because Eastern Europe is always in relationship to Europe. And for me, this idea of Eurasia is very interesting because uh, it's neither Europe nor Asia. Eventually, I started learning language, doing German courses. And then, yeah, eventually I entered into education that expanded my range of motion, let's say like this. So then making a leap from here to U.S. was again quite an interesting experience because growing up in post-Soviet Union, one grows up a lot with, you know, American culture. I grew up in West Berlin and I was here when the wall fell. I went to school at JFK, which is a bilingual school. We had the army base here, and I got to go onto the army base with my passport, and then I could go into the bookshop, and it would smell like American books. Then I asked them what this transatlantic relationship has meant for their artistic work, and what they have gained from this experience professionally. When I started to study, you always dream to be part uh, of, of an opera company like Vienna or Berlin or New York, and when it really happens, then it's fun. Yes. It's an honor. I was asked to write a film about six Hungarian immigrants during or shortly after the First World War. They went to Berlin, Paris, London and became natural scientists, physicists, and then all ended up in America. And in the course of this film, I went to New York, Princeton, and interviewed these scientists, Freeman Dyson, Richard Garvin, who built the first hydrogen bomb, I interviewed Paul Benassarev, who is a philosopher of science, and that was some of the most impressive encounters I ever had with the smartest people I ever met. 
There was a very nice little residency coming out of it with a collective I'm a part of called Mekur. It's with Maya Urstadt and Eva Rosson, who are both based in Norway, in Bergen. And it's a collective working around, again, here we go back to radio, um, around different radio communication technologies and um, just different technologies that have to do with voice and amplification of, of voice and uh, different practices. At times I don't feel German and at times I don't feel American really. I feel somewhere caught between. And that's kind of also a state in my work. Like I'm interested in boundaries. So these are some of the new pieces I've been working on. And I was thinking more of having the gesture speak more, the gesture of the brush stroke and the mark making that one does on the canvas and opening that up and letting it breathe more, kind of like looking through a prism or a broken glass, mirrored images and, and um, repetitions. So I think there's something autobiographical about that in a broader sense. And then I asked them what struck them as different when they worked or lived on the other side and how a different cultural lens has changed their own perceptions. So we have different systems in the US or in Europe. In Europe, the state takes care that everybody is able to hear a performance. And in the US, you have sponsors or patrons who give the money uh, that, that also people who don't have so much money to hear a performance have the possibility. For me, as a musician, there is no difference between Europe or the US. So from the working conditions or to uh, also private life is really very, very similar. The flat hierarchies are very attractive. If I experienced it in the German teams, it was people who were also used to work with Americans. But how does someone who is used to be in charge and needs it for his ego to be in charge, learn that. So we need a new generation of, of non-dinosaurs. I guess when one speaks like state identities or like whatever it is, it's very easy to get lost in differences, you know, like, okay, this is so different to that, this is so different to this. But US in general, and let's say my experience of so-called Eastern Europe or Ukraine and Russia and Belarus and so on, is very, very similar in regards to kind of the um, the scale of unpredictability of what can happen, you know. So, uh, you know, you're here and everything seems like in kind of good order and then you walk for a kilometer and you dive into a wholly different world with very different rules and, you know, and you encounter people that are very different to the people we've been speaking to like just five minutes ago and, and how quick it can change. It kind of keeps you alert to an extent that you don't take anything for granted too much, you know, and I, I, I like this alertness. There's an example, but this is not in America, this happened to me, but I had a show in Tel Aviv. It was one of my first museum group shows, and I was giving an artist talk, and my work was perceived as very German there. And I thought, wow, interesting. I guess because, yeah, it's the topic of landscape and Caspar David Friedrich and the romanticism. And then I thought, okay, that's interesting. And maybe Americans also. I would like to go to the States and have an artist talk. And that's why I find it so interesting to have these dialogues and conversations with people from different cultures. Because then you get a different, you get their perspective on your work that only they can have. And it broadens your perspective on, yeah, how is my work received? What is it? Um, evoke in other cultures. Finally, I wanted to know what transatlantic relations mean to them personally, for their work and for the arts and culture more generally. We have a very huge tradition in Germany in uh, musical culture. Then it's always a pleasure to be 
an ambassador for music in other countries and to bring the culture, which means everything to me as a musician, to other people. Young American singers take the opportunity very, very often to come to Germany, especially when they finish their studies as a first job. Germany and all its small houses are a very good point to start a career. And as music is really a universal language, everybody can understand it and it's so uniting. It's always very satisfying to bring joy to other people, really to bring a smile or a rethinking so that something happens. I'm very happy to be reinvited to the Met, but this will happen in the over next season. Transatlantic relations for me mean a lot, <laughs> everything. <laughs> I just admire a lot of things of Americans and they're part of my identity. America and Germany has so much common history and there's so many stories that can be told. The RIAs in Berlin after the war, the radio in the American sector, it was created by the Americans, they hired German comedians and they made a comedy show to get the Soviet propaganda straight. You know, it was basically the daily show of the 40s in Berlin and it was a German-American run program. I love that story and I think other people would like it too. Even being in Europe for me was always something really um, unachievable. This idea of imagining something that's unattainable and then passing through the boundary of actually being there also ma makes up for the unreality of your experience, you know, because you know that you live somewhere that doesn't exist or is not capable of happening. Art is so important because it's it's a universal language. It doesn't matter where you're from. Of course, you can get specific about certain topics that are more um, specific to, towards that country or that culture. But all in all, and that's also what I'm really interested in, is in finding something universal and tapping into that and finding the common denominator and speaking that language because that's something that I find art is good at. There are good programs for Germans going to the States, but I can't apply to those. For Americans to apply for scholarships in the States, there's no American that really does that. Usually Americans want to travel abroad, so I'm kind of stuck in the middle <laughs> there again, not just biographically, but also very in clear in this case. Like, yeah, I would love to go to the States for a residency, but I'm not German. Maybe that's a good reason why I should become German. <laughs> Then I can apply for American scholarships. At the end of our conversations, I realized again that I'd only just grasped a glimpse of the lively cultural and artistic relations across the Atlantic, and that from all of us, there is much more to come. Regarding Transatlantic is brought to you by 1014 in New York City. We invite people from all different backgrounds and from both sides of the Atlantic to address global topics of mutual interest. My name is Thomas Tragut, and if you like this podcast, sign up on Apple Podcasts or Spotify.